Welcome to the ENS HQ podcast, the only show you need to help you become a better ENS domain name investor. Join your hosts, TJ Larkin and Mike Higgins, as they dive deep into the world of Web3 domain names and bring you actionable ideas, concepts, and tips on how to make smarter decisions on your ENS investing journey. If you're looking to up your game as an ENS investor or just want to learn what all the excitement in the space is about, you've come to the right place. Enjoy the show. Everyone, welcome back to the ENS HQ podcast. I'm your host, Mike Higgins, here with uh, co-host, other host, TJ Larkin. What's going on, man? How are you? Good, good. How are you? Been a crazy, crazy two days in crypto. Um, it's It's been awesome, but I'm excited, like kind of our second episode, but our second relaunch, officially the ENS HQ podcast, right? So, I mean, things are kind of legit now. There's... There's a there's a logo, not just a, a picture that you drew on a piece of paper. There's a website. There's a, there's some definite intention behind what's going on here in ENS HQ. So that's super exciting. And then bringing the second podcast uh, is really cool because we have a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about, especially after what happened yesterday. So um, let's dive into let's kick it off with the ENS HQ. Let's uh, kick it over to you. Like, what is it? What's the goal? Kind of explain to everybody this brainchild that you've had um, and kind of like how you see this launching and then, you know, maybe a year, three years down the road, like what this could look like. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the, the, the first episode that we did for anybody to go check it out, we were just wanting to, you know, ready, fire, aim, just get it going. And so we didn't have all the brand aspect ready, but we've got it all now. Um, by the time you see this, we'll have a finch officially discussed the, the launch on Twitter and really made a go at it. Um, but yeah, so the, the goal of ENS HQ is to kind of be the all in one platform for anything ENS related. Um, so that I'll, just for those, uh, on YouTube, I'll show my screen of what, what the site looks like. Uh, so it's meant to be a place where you can go to get information quickly and easily the valuable information other than essentially Twitter, which right now almost everything's on Twitter, right? And so um, you have to scroll scroll through 98% garbage to find the 2% gold. And so I'm doing that already. Uh, my team's doing it. And so why not curate that information uh, for everybody? So instead of spending two hours on Twitter trying to figure out what the valuable information is, now you can just go here and we've posted all of the best tweets, articles, YouTube videos, things like that. So that, that's really the homepage. And then we're doing a bunch of other stuff. We'll get into more later. We're going to have a newsletter. Please, you know, go sign up for that. We, we do consulting for corporations or anybody who wants to learn more about the space. We got uh, a tools page that just kind of is a, a first place to go to learn more about ENS and to find everything you need. Um, we've got a course that I built. That's the, uh, an intro course. So if you don't know anything about ENS and you're trying to learn about it and then, the, this podcast, obviously right there. And then finally, the one that's going to be key is the marketplace. So the marketplace is going to be a curated marketplace for high quality names at a reasonable price. So what a lot of guys are, a lot of people are doing on Twitter we are going to make this a real marketplace that only hosts good names. So right now it's just a, a site that you can't actually buy them on here. We'll just link out to uh, you know, Vision or Domain Plug or something like that. But in the future, 
We're working on building it so it's an actual marketplace you can buy and sell on. So um, again, we can get into this more in the future, but yeah, that that's what uh, what ENS HQ is going to be the the one stop shop for ENS uh, news and information. And as it sits right now, you're actually you're personally curating all this information that goes on there. So, I mean, you're spending 27 hours a day on Twitter, right? You're curating these these tweets and all these different things uh, so that people kind of have the best the best information all in one spot. Um, I also wanted to touch on the getting started piece because I know you put that course together. Is there a place yeah. that people can yeah. go to uh, get that course? Because then, uh, assuming they get that course, then they'll also be able to access the newsletter that you send out every week too. Yeah, yeah. So the course, it's linked on the website. So the website, by the way, uh, is enshq.xyz. Um, so if you go to that website in the top right corner, you'll see courses. It's listed there. Again, it's just two, two, three hours of me just talking on camera, just explaining each aspect of ENS and ENS investing, things to think about, um, you know, some good strategies, some bad strategies, things like that. Yeah. So it's again, if you're already deep in the space, probably most people listening probably are. You probably don't need it. But if anybody's wanting to get uh, into the space quickly, that's a great spot to go. Um, and that's kind of what we're trying to build here, right? Which is you're, most people do not want to spend all day on Twitter learning about ENS. And that's really the only way to do it right now. There's just information, most of it's on Twitter. And then there's a few other, you know, good websites doing some interesting stuff. But, you know, now you're going to three, four, or five different websites. Where's the one place I can go, right? Where's the one team that I can know and trust that are going to post quality information and make it simple and easy for me? And that, that's what I want to accomplish. Yeah, for sure. And I think in the future, we'll probably have a direct link to that course where people can put their email in and get everything right there. Yeah. Um, so Working that'll be pretty that. awesome. Yeah, what, yeah. Let's let's dive into um, just crypto on a macro level, right? Yeah. So some pretty, we're sitting here on November 9th, right? So yesterday, November 8th, election day was wild, um, but not necessarily for the elections. When we're ah, talking nope. to, uh, when we're talking about it from a crypto standpoint, it was pretty wild. So why don't you take a minute and just kind of give the high level overview and then I'll come back through and give the dumbed down version that Mike understands it to be. Um, and and yeah. we can kind of talk through just what happened and what it could mean. I mean, obviously it's going to do, it means something for crypto on a macro level, but then it also is going to mean something for ENS because, you know, it's all interconnected. Yeah. So yeah, let's absolutely. talk about FTX and Binance a little bit. Yeah, we'll just give a, give a real quick synopsis. Again, if you really want to dig into this, there's plenty of people who've really broken it down in great detail. Um, my favorite podcast right now is Empire by Blockworks. They, they just had a great episode about it um, today, breaking it all down. But, but at a high level, um, Sam Bateman-Fried, who's been seen as the hero lately uh, in crypto, I never thought so, and most uh, smart people never thought so, is now the villain um, in a matter of two days, essentially, which is really, really crazy. This is probably the, the craziest thing that's ever happened in crypto. Um, essentially, what he was doing was using customer funds at FTX and sending them to his hedge fund, which is Alameda Research, and investing on leverage with customer funds. And so, again, just to at a super high level, what people need to understand is, understand is leverage is the problem. Leverage and centralization. So anybody just holding tokens in their own wallet, you're fine. I mean, the price may swing, but what what all everybody who keeps crashing and burning is because they were using leverage. Um, and so, so that's. Do you that's think a there'll be a point where leverage is figured out, though? 
like where they they figure it out to some extent or will leverage always equal bad it's i mean there it's not always 100% bad in the sense that i mean you people can make money using leverage but when you sh you can't use leverage with other people's money who aren't aware of it that's the problem right mm. your people who are putting their money and leaving their money in ftx didn't realize that that they were betting with their money on super risky things. And that's just- Side note, that's what Bank of America is doing with all your money too, everyone. It, so the, <laughs> the difference- the same thing. That's the sad truth is that's exactly right. The difference is with banks, there's a $250,000 per account right. uh, insurance by the federal government. So um, I, I totally agree. And that that's a whole other conversation about regulations and, and the government backstopping banks where they don't backstop crypto companies. Um, but at least with B of A, anybody who pays attention knows that's what they're doing. Nobody knew that uh, FTX was doing this. So basically what this means at a high level is the crypto market's going to be completely wild for a while. There's going to be a lot of, probably a lot of contagion, meaning people who are invested in FTX or now that's going to hurt them. And then who was invested in that company? And so it, just like what happened with Luna, except possibly worse, because again, everyone knew Luna was risky. No one knew that FTX was risky. Um, and so it's going to be scary for a while. Um, again, things to think about, put your money in your own um, wallet, whether it's a hardware wallet, MetaMask, get it off exchanges, every exchange, don't leave money there. Exchanges should be used to convert fiat to crypto and then move it to your own wallet. So none of this would matter to you, right? This does not affect me at all because I had no money on FTX because all my money is in MetaMask, hardware wallets, things like that. Right. Um, yeah. So again, because it's going to affect the broader crypto market already is, it's going, that affects ENS, right? That because, um, prices are going down for Ethereum, which means people are getting scared. People are getting liquidated. That's a whole other thing. People on using leverage get liquidated when they get liquidated, they're forced to sell. And when they're forced to sell, the price goes down, right? So it creates this cascading effect. So when you're looking at that through an investor lens though, like from an Ethereum standpoint, is it, also, you know, because again, coming from the real estate world, when things go down, investors tend to get excited in a way, right? Because if Ethereum's down or real estate's down, like it gives you an opportunity to buy more at a lower price. And then when things go back up, you know, you've, you've accumulated, you know, you've brought your price point down with your entry point, right? From yep. a price yep. perspective. So could it be, I mean, two sides of the same coin? Like, yeah, it's kind of, it's worrisome at some point, but then also the investor in people, because I think that we're going to have a lot of people listening to this that do have that business acumen, that investment mindset in the in the real world that could potentially look at this as an opportunity to, or is that not right? No, it totally is. The the you're you're absolutely right in a lot of ways. I think the the issue, you know, because crypto is so much newer, there's so much fear out there. Again, a just with prices dropping even further, um, but B with reg you know regulation. That's that's one of the big question marks. And so, in theory, you're absolutely right, but in practice, it's like okay, yeah, the price just dropped of Ethereum from sixteen hundred to I don't know what's at now, maybe twelve hundred. Um, if you think it's going back to five or ten thousand, like most people do, isn't this a great thing? Well, yeah, but people are also thinking, well, is it going to go to nine hundred or seven hundred? And you know, what is the government going to do? So it gets pretty scary. I think a lot of the big money gets really excited and they do take advantage of these situations, but it's just a lot scarier because it's a, we're in such a newer industry and, and there's so much 
fear out there where there's there's no fear that somebody is going to regulate your house away right when you buy it when you buy a house well let's talk about that sales slowing down a little bit that was one of the yeah. things that we wanted to talk about and yep. pretty good segue into that's something that you said you've seen uh ens yep. sales slowing down so what specific you know give it give us an example like what exactly are you seeing and then kind of how are you interpret it or interpreting that in the marketplace yeah, so I think this is super important to talk about um, is I think the market, the, the ENS space got way hotter, way faster than people expected. So that was great in a lot of ways. I'm actually, I still think it's a, a positive because it got so much attention uh, to the space and it brought so many people in that even if a lot of people are leaving, at least it's gotten the notoriety. But what happened is so many people came in so fast and there was so much excitement, especially around what makes ENS so unique, which is um, there's an unlimited amount, yet there's still one of ones from what you buy. And so what happened is people were constantly thinking of outside the box ideas that they could make money on, right? All, all the good names were taken even before this bull run. Um, there are plenty of smart crypto people not active on Twitter who are buying up good names. So it's not like you could buy car.eth six months ago, right? Anything quality was gone. So what happened was people were trying to figure out how to buy domains for 20 bucks that they think they could sell for a thousand or 5,000, you know, really quickly. And there were so many people doing this that they, it was kind of working sort of. Um, and so that brought even more people in the space, right? And so what happens is when something goes up that quick without the real fundamentals, and in this case, fundamentals means uh, end user buyers, people buying because they want the domain, not buying because they want to flip it. Right. And so a lot of the activity over the last couple months has been flipping, which again is totally normal and fine. But at some point when something happens, such as what's happening now, or the excitement slows down, tons and tons of people are going to be left with these domains that they put hundreds of dollars in or thousands of dollars into. And then nobody wants them because they're clearly not anything an end user would actually want. It was all just a speculative play. And so we're, we're going through the same phase that NFTs went through last year, which is just hype and excitement around the concept and not recognizing that if there's no value to the end user, the party's going to have to stop at some point. It's like musical chairs, right? And so the, the music is stopped and now the only people left are people who are, I, I shouldn't say it's not dead yet in that sense, but like it's slowing down. A lot of these speculators are moving out because that model is not going to work. The only model that I think is going to work is buying high quality names that end users will actually want. Um, so, yeah, I think that that is part two of the, just the crypto community in general. Cause if you, if you look at the potential like avatar of somebody who's in crypto tends to be like a younger demographic right now, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody, yep. um, maybe, maybe I'm less of the business acumen, less of the um you know there's definitely like you said early on there's just smart people that were buying things up that aren't on twitter that were ahead of this curve but they were also probably the smart people that invested early in facebook and in twitter and uber and stuff like that it's the same type of person but mm -hmm. by and large when you go on twitter i think the majority right the 80 20 rule you see 80 percent of people are kind of this just like just armchair crypto quarterback right and not a ton of business acumen, which kind of maybe leads into this like 
we're seeing these peaks and valleys really it's like hot 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 boom crash hot hot because it's like everybody's onto this nobody thinks it really through and then they drop and then the next thing is like everybody's onto this thing four four digit ens everybody's onto it and then boom drops right so i think that we see some of those peaks and valleys just because nobody's thinking long term on it everybody's thinking like what twitter's saying today does that i mean do you agree I, with I, that I 100% agree with that. That's pretty much what my entire Twitter account is to help people understand to not do that. And so many people are doing it. People, and this is true in crypto as well, right? In general, this is just, it's a human thing. It's, we think as humans generally too short term. And so people were seeing these random domains that I, I don't even know what they were with emojis, with six emojis and negative signs and underscores and all these things and selling for, you know, hundreds of dollars. And it just gets people excited because it's like, Hey, there's so many different options of that. Right. If, if you're talking about emojis with zero X in front with, you know, a negative sign, how many of those could you mint like buy for 20 bucks? I mean, I don't hundreds of thousands, if not right. millions. So that gets people excited to see, okay, if people pay 300 for this, I can go mint one for 20 and then I can convince somebody to pay 300 for it and blah, blah, blah. And again, things like that work for a short amount of time and then they don't. And I think that's the phase we're headed into now is all those people are going to bail when they realize there's no more easy money in this. Um, and that the way to make money at this point in ENS is A, obviously just be long-term holder and plan for the long-term. That's, that's what I'm doing. And I think a lot of people are. If you want to be somebody who makes money in the short term, you have to be, you know, that's basically being a flipper. But that's okay as long as you know what you're flipping and you understand the, uh, the space really well. You're buying high quality names for a really good price, right? If somebody really needs money to pay their rent, they may let a, a really good name go for 200 bucks because they need that 200 bucks, right? Yeah, and if it, you can find that guy, you can do well. Well, and you think about these two things in opposing, like typically, such as life, when things, when it comes to high quality, we usually equate that to higher price, right? Same thing goes here. The the higher quality names are gonna come with a higher quality price, which goes back to my point is, the reason why some of these are going for so cheap is because people are looking at this, they don't have the disposable income that the listener potentially here has, but you also like, so that's why, you know, these four emojis go for $16 or 20 bucks or whatever because then they can't afford the johnson.eth right? right or smith.eth totally. so yep. it's it's kind of like f one thing that i like about like your marketplace that you're building too is it allows people to figure out like okay if we have like a venn diagram kind of where these two circles are overlapping finding like where my sweet spot is for price versus the sweet spot is for quality of name and when those two things overlap those are the names that we want to buy right, right. so Totally. And two, like we're talking, kind of jumping ahead here, you talked about Lady Gaga.eth. That just sold for, I know that's kind of down on our list, but that just sold for 32 ETH, right? So like, mm -hmm. if you're thinking through the lens that I just explained to you, you would say, oh, super high quality, 32 ETH. But you, you I know we talked before, have a, have a different view on that. So explain why that might not be such a high quality, great buy for that person that bought it. So yeah, so first let's say with the Lady Gaga uh, .eth went for 32 ETH around, call it 45 grand at this point. Um, 
we don't, I don't think, I personally don't know right now if, if we know that that was her or her team who bought it or a speculator. So let's just say if it was her, if she or her team bought it for her, makes total sense. Good for her. Great. We want people like that in space. That's awesome. Let's assume for argument's sake for this conversation, she did not buy it. It was somebody speculating that they could sell it to her or to somebody in the future for more money. I think this is a terrible uh, buy to spend that kind of money on one name is it doesn't make a lot of sense if your goal is to maximize your investment. And the reason is your potential buyer is essentially one person. Now, maybe her, some of her fans would want it, you know, the, the, a fan website, you know, I'm sure her fans have $45,000. Yeah. Do you think though? Well, and that would be right? a break even for this person. Right? So if you bought it for 32, you probably need at least 50, you know, to make any money. And so, realistically, the only person who would pay 50 ETH or something for this would be her. So you have now invested $45,000 in an early technology, hoping that one person will pay you more for it. And she might, and maybe it's great, but I would say the odds are, are low, at least right now. And it's just too big of a gamble. We're too early to gamble that much money. So this, this goes back to my general thoughts on celebrity names, corporate names, again, ignoring the legal aspect you are investing in a name for one buyer. Um, again, that buyer may have a ton of money. So there, there's potential huge upside, but there's potential huge downside if you're spending a lot of money on them that that person just won't care. And now you've just invested $45,000 and have zero chance of returning any money. And so I think anybody interested in celeb names or corporate names, if you can get, you know, again, let's legal, talk to your lawyer, blah, blah, blah. Don't know the legality of this. We don't want to get into that. But ignoring that aspect, if you were thinking about investing in a corporate name or celebrity name, it would only make sense if the price was very low. And if you're going to, if you're intended to sell them, you need to sell it for a reasonable price, right? I think this is one of the things investors need to understand is we do not want to push people away from the ENS system by asking ridiculous amounts of money for these domains, especially this early. Maybe if in three to five years, when ENS becomes the dot com of Web three, which you know I think it will, and many of us in ENS think it will, maybe you could ask you know a billion dollar company to pay you you know four hundred thousand dollars for their domain. But right now, you cannot and should not do that, and you're opening yourself up for lawsuits by doing that. So if you're able to get a, a good name for you know five hundred bucks or something, and you want to sell it to them for five grand. You know, that, that sounds pretty reasonable to me. And you just got a 10 X right there. Right. But trying to get a thousand X, um, on a name that you bought on the aftermarket is it's unlikely and it's bad for the space. So, uh, hopefully that was Lady Gaga who bought it. I would love that, but I don't think not, it was. Did you look up the profile of that person at all? I heard, I heard that the person, I heard that the, the wallet also had Bill Gates in it, BillGates.eth. And so that, that's what makes me think it's an investor. Right. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that that's my thoughts there. Um, again, it's a great name, but just don't don't invest that kind of money in the hopes of one buyer. Just too risky. Too risky, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. What are your thoughts? So thinking about names, right? So there's yeah. um you see on Twitter a lot of people in their name have the dot eth after. Mm -hmm. Let's talk through that a little bit. Uh Twitter going through a change, Elon yep. just purchasing it. Um, there's, there's a lot of th speculation. There's a lot of conversation happening on Twitter right now. I think Elon even Twitter tweeted the other day that 
Twitter just had its biggest um, day of like tweets. Most users tweeting in in one day was was last week. So um, obviously, there's a lot of hype around that. But then Twitter is where all things ENS, all things crypto lives. So what does this mean for the space? So overall, this appears to be you know just the the high level of Elon taking over is going to be very good for crypto. Um, he him and his, his team, the people that kind of work with him are, are pro crypto people. He's talked, I think Twitter, even before he took over, was talking about having incorporating crypto wallets into Twitter. He wants to make Twitter into uh, an, uh, I can't remember what they call it, all in one app, which is very similar to in China. They have the WeChat app where you, you can basically do everything in one app, like order food, order an Uber. It's their Twitter. You can, you know, you can do everything in that. You can send money to people all in one app. And so he's talking mm -hmm. about doing that. So the other big thing he's talked about in relation to that is having verified identity on Twitter. And so this is where it gets very exciting. And I'm surprised we haven't seen more excitement around this potential of could Twitter incorporate ENS to help with identity verification? And so one of the other big uh, pros here, the positives, is that one of the people helping him uh, figure all of this stuff out on the back end of Twitter is a guy named Sriram. I think that's how you pronounce it. He works for A16Z, which is the biggest fund that invests in crypto companies. Billions and billions of dollars they have invested in crypto. And he also has an ENS name on Twitter. I think it's Sriram.eth or something like that. So clearly one of the highest level people working at Twitter fully understands ENS, Ethereum, crypto, and they're talking about ver verified identities um, there, you know, I don't want to say it's likely, but the possibility that there could be some sort of incorporation of Twitter with ENS would just be so massive for the space. It's, it's hard to believe, um, if they were to do that and whether it happens, you know, now, right. As Elon's taking over or maybe in six months or a year, I could, I could definitely see that happening at some point. And this would be, be amazing for the space. What do you think though? Do you think, do you think success of ENS is kind of the lead domino for success as of crypto overall. Like, are they related? Are they both in a one, like a one-on-one -one relationship where if ENS is going to do well, crypto is going to do well. Um, kind of. Yes, that that's right. So it's, it's more, I would say ENS is a lagging, uh, is lagging behind crypto or let's just call it Ethereum in general. Right. So it's almost, I've, I've said this before that, that right, ENS, it's built on the back it, of it. Yeah, yeah. ENS is like a call option on Ethereum. So the the if Ethereum, which is the main crypto token, the main you know smart contract platform, if that were to take off, you know, seriously into the the mainstream, ENS essentially has to get be successful with it. Uh, it would be almost un, almost impossible for Ethereum to work and ENS not to. So right. you're really when you're investing in ENS, you're betting on Ethereum and you're betting on crypto taking over. Uh, the best part about it is that ENS domains, all this stuff is way, way smaller market cap in just about every way than Ethereum. So if you believe in Ethereum, it makes sense to bet somewhat on ENS, whether it's the token or what we're talking about, which is into the domain names, because it, it will absolutely succeed wildly if Ethereum goes the direction that we think it is, which is mainstream adoption. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm with you on that. What do you think... What should people be looking for? I mean, we 
let's leave today's episode too, and let's talk a little bit about. Um, well, we alluded to it in the first first episode, but starting out in ENS, what can people be looking for? How can people be outside of your course? How can they be learning more about this? Right, like you want to bring this information to people. We don't want to just be a news outlet where it's like, hey, this is the news that happened today. This is like, what are some tactical, what are some things people can do right here, right now when they leave this episode to be like, hey, I want to start learning more about this, right? Your course is probably the best place to start. It's not, it doesn't yeah. take a lot of time. It's it's a high level explanation and an overview. Um, but if they're not taking the course right now, like what are some other things that they can do? So yeah, course, course number one, because yeah, the, the high level information is just too spread out. Like if you were just, if you just heard this randomly and didn't know what ENS was and got excited, where would you go? I have no idea. There's way too much information spread out everywhere. And 99% of it assumes that you already know the basics, which of course you wouldn't, if you just got into the space. So I think I, I tried to make that course where in two hours of watching the videos, you will then become probably not a, an expert, but you will have a really good understanding of why the space matters and why it's worth investing in uh, at least some names in the future. So that's that's the best to get caught up. Once you're, let's say, at least have a good understanding, it boils down to following the right people on Twitter is probably the easiest way to keep up with what's going on, um, whether good, bad, what names are selling. So. Number one, I'll let you guys into a little, I'll let you into a trick on how to do that. Right. So something that I do is if I were you, I would go to TJ's Twitter and then I would look on TJ's Twitter to see who he follows in the ENS space and then follow those people and then kind of use that as a follow. You're, you're mostly right. I would say maybe more who I'm, who I comment with, who I talk to sort of is probably a good one. Um, because I follow a ton of people just to have a really broad understanding because that's the goal here, right? Is to take all the information and boil it down into what's important. So yeah, you could look at my Twitter, who I'm talking to. Or the people that you um, retweet. Or the, Oh yeah, people right. I retweet 100%. I only retweet things that I think are really valuable from valuable. People. It's a good place to start. And then that'll get your yeah. Twitter feed to start feeding you the things that will be like similar you know, conversations. True. But the other thing you can do, which I'm building specifically for this case that you're talking about, Mike, is... On the ENSHQ website, we have um, ENS tools at the top. Um, and if you click that, I believe it's the first one, it says Twitter accounts to follow. And mm-hmm. there will be, I think I've got at least 30 on there now. And I'll probably slowly, if you're not on there, I apologize. Uh, keep writing good stuff and let me know and I'll, I'll add you. Um, yeah, actually, but if gonna, you're not on there and you think you should be on there, reach out to TJ. Yeah, yeah, let me know. And, and get on there. I, yeah, I just try to jump right now. It doesn't cost you anything, but in the future, it'll cost yeah. you millions and millions of dollars just to be listed on that website because that's ENSHQ right. is going to be so big. That's right. Absolutely right. But um, but yeah, so that's a great place to go to find the uh, uh, who to follow in ENS. Um, so Twitter is a great place. And then the other is Twitter spaces. Again, the problem with Twitter spaces is that there there's so many of them and it can be very and anybody can start one up. Yeah, anybody can start one. Um, uh, you know, the problem is just a lot of times they, it takes too long to get to the good information. I, I still recommend doing that. Um, but it, that's what our goal is over time with this podcast is to kind of do what Twitter spaces does, except do it in a much quicker time frame, so that you don't have to spend hours each day on Twitter spaces. You can just listen to one podcast once or twice a week and get, you know, most of the good information. Um, and then 
yeah, I mean, I, I think those are those are the keys. Again, I, I think the ENS tools page on ENSHQ is going to be great. Kind of all the just linking out to every valuable piece of information that you may want to know, right? Um, literally think about, I mean, that's HQ. It's the headquarters of ENS, right? It's where you right. go to start, right? Not everything's there. There's plenty of other great websites, great information, but this is where you'd go to get to get started and to, to find that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, yeah. what else, uh, anything else on your mind as we kind of start to wrap things up a little bit? Uh, no, no. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it with, you know, again, what we already discussed with the market probably slowing down. And this, this was happening before this FTX Binance news, right? So now with this going on, I suspect a lot more chaos, probably more downside, which is going to scare more people. Um, and so I, I suspect this ENS slowdown to probably get a little slower. But if you're a long-term investor, this is great news. And I think you'd mentioned that before um, with, with the crypto tokens and whatnot. For ENS domains, this is actually clearly good news because if people are letting go of good names for cheaper, if you have a long-term mindset of three to eight years, this is, this is awesome. Right, so I think everybody should be watching the the aftermarket. Um, what, go to ENSHQ and go to the marketplace where I'm going to be posting quality domains at a quality price with explanations of why they're good. Right, a lot of times names may not jump out as great, but they could be, especially when they're people's names. So um, check there, check a lot of the other sites, make good, you know, make offers on domains that you're interested in have a long-term mindset that, you know, this is something that we'll come back to on this podcast over and over on the website, everything. I am a long-term investor. I don't do, I'm not into flipping again. It's not bad. I just, it's too, too difficult to make money and too much work, too much work. If you're a long-term investor, it doesn't take as much time to buy something and just hold it until the market gets really hot again. Right. Um, so yeah, I think leaving people with long-term mindset, find good deals and hold, that's the best thing that they can do. Yeah. And I think to next episode, what we should do is dive in a little bit and let's do some case studies. I think that we can come yeah. back for some case studies and yeah. grab, you know, two, three or four of the domains that you have, maybe a domain that I have and kind of dive into it and see why it's good, why it's bad. Yeah. And then, um, you know, just that way people can get a little sneak peek behind the curtain of like in a, a snapshot into your brain on how you analyze yeah. these things and how you look at them. I think that would be really valuable for people. And then touching on um, DAOs a little bit and why that could be really cool and important for, and maybe talk a little bit about Zilker yeah. and why, how that came about, why that came about um, and, and how that you can, going back to the leverage conversation that we started up off with, this is a way in which leverage can be used for good through the DAO, right? Different, for, different form of leverage, you're a, right. A totally Absolutely. different form of yeah. leverage, 100%. Nice. But it can really be an awesome tool to be able to kickstart ENS or you know, thinking through that lens of three, five, eight, ten 10 years down the road. So um, yeah. I think you know, case studies and, and talking about DAOs could be really, really cool in a future episode. Yeah, I think that's great, yeah. And I, I really like the idea too. I mean, I have bought some, some domain. I don't wanna say they're terrible. I don't think I, in my brain, they're not terrible, but I've definitely bought some that probably were not the smartest to buy, or at least I bought way too many, which we can get into. Um, I, I want to show and share ones that I think I bought that were really smart and really good. And also ones that are bad because it doesn't matter how good you are. You're probably going to make some bad decisions. That's just, that's just life. So 
showing both of those. And then, yeah, the power of DAOs teaming up with people to invest in some of these domains, which spreads your risk around. That'll be, that'll be exciting to, to talk about that and give, give some people some ideas. Um, it's a lot easier than you think. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, let's kick awesome. it out of here, man. I think that was yeah. pretty awesome. Uh, episode number two, the official launch of the ENS HQ podcast. That's a wrap. That's a That's wrap it. for, for Mike and TJ. So All right. until we see you next time, bye everybody. Next time. See ya.